Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome. So thank you for everybody that's listening. I appreciate you deeply. And today we welcome in, I guess, Luca. Luca is an artist, a gonna-be entrepreneur of own life destiny, just as we all are trying to pave our own ways in this crazy, chaotic time of uh, revolution and of self-love, the radical self-love practice that we're all learning to do and for healing our generational ancestors and our generations um, that are older than us, everything. But Luca is part of this movement of revolution and somebody that I care for deeply and somebody that I love deeply. So welcome. Today, we're kind of just going to be talking about um, something that's been on our minds recently. And yeah, so do you want me to start or do you want to start first? Um, first off, hi. Thank you for having me. I am so grateful to just be a part of this. Um, if you want, you can start and I can just jump off of what you're talking about. Alrighty. Um, so what's been coming up for me recently that Luca was kind of just giving me some good advice on. Um, also, me and Luca kind of have the dynamic of the friendship of kind of like whatever is happening in our lives is happening in the other person's life too. And also, whenever I can share something, Luca either sees it in a different perspective to see me in, in a different perspective in my situation or vice versa. And we have just a very interesting friend dynamic um, in that way in which I observe. So what my feelings were towards this abandonment wound that is coming up, Luca just gave a perfect understanding of how Luca would feel if they were the other person that I was talking directly to and how they feel like they're causing me abandonment. So what's Mm -hmm. been happening recently is so many things has just been causing this. And I remember the first time I've ever felt this feeling. It was um, like August 2022. And that was like three or four months into like my newfound love for myself and my new spiritual awakening. And I was talking to this person on Snapchat. And all of a sudden, they're like, I'm gonna delete Snapchat. After I was talking to them on Snapchat for like four or five months, I was like, this feeling sucks. Like, I feel like you're leaving me. I feel like somebody's dying. I feel like I'm losing a part of myself because this person decided where I had held community between us two on that social media platform, they were going to abandon. And so therefore I put my identity into that Snapchat chat and I felt abandoned. And so even with bigger things such as people in my life that I love not seeing the beauty that they have to bring to this world and I try so bad to like show them like a direct mirror of this is what your potentiality is for this for your life like this path Mm -hmm. is um broken out for you the path is already paved but they are not a they're not willing to wake up to that or it's not their time or something that Luca shared um if you want to elaborate more on how like did you call it you didn't call it karmic debt what did you call it like um kind of like your soul's journey or like your soul's lesson because I feel like we all have soul paths that we have to fulfill in this one life and some people truly aren't meant to 
um, reach such spiritual depth that some people in this life are and some people are really meant to just like learn as much as they can with one specific trauma I guess one specific lesson in their life and I know for me and you we have such this giggly adventurous open-minded nature and it sucks when other people aren't able to go after the same things we are and see the potential that they have but also Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people in this life sometimes aren't meant to see that potential because they have things that they still need to learn within the humanness of things and sometimes it can be really dense things but it's just a part of their soul's journey in this one life wow yeah something that's been that just came up with with that I don't know if you shared it with me or whether it was my mom I think it was my mom and then we talked about it but basically um maybe I found it on my for you page it's it's a mix between those three this woman was talking about how we are us as humans we are like a chrysalis um before a butterfly hatches out of there and so we're in our security blanket and we're in this newfound world because a lot of us that are listening to this are 18 to like 22 and or younger that means we're still so new to this thing we call life because most of our time was spent in school where we didn't we weren't allowed and we didn't allow ourselves to have our creative freedom we weren't allowed Mm -hmm. self-expression and so going back to the chrysalis analogy when you try to break a butterfly out of a chrysalis too early it will die it has to come out in its own time and a lot of the times that I'm just remembering is that if I force somebody that I love to break out of their shell too fast that's going to be me causing them trauma and that's not fair to either parties you know that's causing you know my higher self and my soul to just be like we'll reevaluate what you did and um Mm -hmm. with love but also uh, allowing people that we love to bloom when they're supposed to bloom even if sometimes that's so hard because we want them to see their potential but they're just not ready and this this really reminds me of a lot of stuff but starting off I feel like one quote that I heard a while ago was that you can't change people We can plant the seed in people's minds that they can get things done and they can accomplish different things. But at the end of the day, it is that person's journey and that person's choice to change. And we can't make that choice for them. But I also heard one of my family friends who's very like-minded and spiritual. She has a mother wound that runs really deep. And it's. I feel like it also has to go with that feminine wound of self-expression and she's really into her self-expression and she dives really deep into that but she often has to go through this lesson of wanting to extend herself to other people overextend herself because she sees also the potential in everyone and she sees everyone's spiritual gifts whether they're really intuitive and they don't know what intuitive intuition is so they don't really lean into it Or Mm -hmm. someone might be struggling with a health problem and she feels like she can give them the knowledge, the holistic knowledge to help them. But again, like some people won't be able to even understand or comprehend what you're telling them because truly their soul just isn't ready to integrate that knowledge yet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that's just like, 
I'm sitting here thinking and a lot of the nights uh, before I go to bed, I also think about this. Like, I wish I don't want to call it ignorant, but that's the only way I can put it. Like before I was in tune with what I want, but with coming in tune with your higher self within your soul's journey, within your dharma, within mm-hmm. helping on your soul's purpose, we're very ignorant and we 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 have these things that come up but we blame it on others we lash out on others we blame others mm-hmm. we never take accountability yeah and we we victimize ourselves and so sometimes I'll sit there and I'd be like oh I wish I was still so ignorant because life seems so much easier because once you become observant sometimes that observation can take such a toll on you if you don't know how to alchemize within that and transmute yeah. energy as you do that and mm-hmm. I just sometimes it just flabbergasts me like oh I wish that I was 10 again and my only worries were am I gonna get like first or second place on my swim meet race or what am I gonna have for dinner like oh I'm gonna yell at my mom because I didn't want roast for dinner like those are like our our biggest issues but yeah now it's like integrating like wow we have a big journey ahead of us but also knowing that nothing matters so it's a yeah it's a big polarity within growing yeah, up and the, the beauty within all of that. Yeah. And I was like, just thinking also backtracking a little first mm-hmm. was when you were talking about integrating and alchemizing all of this stuff and just like being very observant to it and awakened to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, I see it as if everyone on this planet all of a sudden was awakened to their worth and awakened to their gifts. I feel like a lot of people just won't don't have the knowledge about integrating it and alchemizing it yet. So I feel like there still would be a really big imbalance, if that makes sense. Mm. And like you were talking about for, about before is a really crucial step with just being at this place of awareness is you also have to be able to integrate it and alchemize it because you can't point the finger at other people. And sometimes it's like really easy because I feel like as a society, we're built on just insecurities and projections of how you should be and what you should do and how you should act. So we always like are, I feel like our human nature is to judge other people based off of that. And Mm -hmm. also, like, I feel like I also, (laughs) I don't even know what my words are right now, but (laughs) growing up also, sorry, (laughs) okay, Okay. you could like, okay, you can just go. I'm brain farting too. Yeah, I I, I thought about what I was going to say. Um, Something did come up, something from my childhood that I was just thinking about. Oh, Mm -hmm. So when I was hanging out with the person that I spent two weeks with up north, um, they brought to my attention that um, a lot of people do have these spiritual gifts, but they don't know, like you said, they don't know how to transmute or alchemize them. And so therefore they have to self-regulate with coping mechanisms that aren't healthy. So um, they were just like, so those two weeks, a lot of trauma came up with my biological mother. And I think I've talked about this on this podcast. My biological mother is a drug addict and I she's no longer in my life. Um, I choose not to have contact with her. But most likely, my grandmother was very intuitive, but she also numbed herself. And I can feel yeah. that within my DNA. And 
within the knowledge that she did gain within the last five to six years of her life. I have all of her books and all of her wisdom, um, but she never got quite there because she started it. She passed away. My grandmother passed away uh, at age 72 and she didn't start like healing stuff, like actual like trauma healing, I think until like five years prior. And so she didn't really have the resources. She didn't really know where to go because nobody else around her was doing that. And so therefore my biological mom also had to carry that on because if the grandmother doesn't take care of it, the, the, the mother will have to take care of it. And then my biological mom most likely had some kind of gifts of intuition or something or psychic abilities or any kind of gifts where she felt so lost because her family weren't, wasn't doing it. My grandmother wasn't awakened to her own power yet. So she self-numbed and she shut down her brain with as many harmful medicine chemicals that she could to make herself feel numb from everything that was happening and so therefore she's not taking care of it so now it's passed on to me and me feeling through that and something that I pulled the other day I pulled a card and I asked for my grandmother's spirit and my mom's um, higher self to walk like walk into the room and they were telling me like don't be scared to ask for help because Mm -hmm. my grandmother she could not ask for help she was raised in a time where her parents told her she can be seen and not heard and that she was a farm girl. She was out on like, she was out in the pasture all the time, either taking care of farm animals or she was picking beans or peas or potatoes or carrots or whatever out in the field. And she would come inside and she would have to cook and then she would go to bed and then she would go to school. And then that would be a whole thing over again where she was never given any resources and she never knew how to ask for help because her parents never allowed her to ask for help. She just had, to know what to do because that's what she was trained at a young age and so therefore Mm -hmm. my grandmother taught my biological mom to more be seen and not heard my my parents grew up in a generation and I think your mom is a generation after my parents but my parents are boomers and Mm -hmm. they were raised in the way that if they talked back or if they had any type of Uh, opinions for the self they would have soap in the mouth or they'd be whipped with a stick or with a belt or with a ruler and they would be beaten because of their potty mouth per se and so they were taught to not ask for help either they were just like okay this is how it's going to be and so therefore now we finally our generation is saying fuck that like we're like we're not dealing with your generational trauma anymore. We're going to be the ones to break through this so our kids can have freedom within their own creativity. And then we can have more Albert Einsteins and we can have more yeah. you know, Stephen Hawking's because we we have not had a revolution of science for like a hundred years of big science of like understanding the solar system. And also within that, now I'm kind of going on a rant, but this is the last thing I have to share within that is the way that we're trained to work as a society, so we're trained to work a nine to five, eight to nine hours a day, five to seven days a week. That is insane. The people that like Nikola Tesla and Albert Einstein and Benjamin Franklin and whoever else that invented something big or like Henry Ford or whoever, they were only working four days a week because they chose to. And we're working eight hours no they worked four hours a day because they wanted to now we're working eight hours a day because we're barely getting by in a society that we should be allowed to live in for free and so our 
our generation we're so tired and we're so done and we're saying like I, again we're saying fuck that we will mm-hmm. be the one to stop this and other generations might not get it but we know what we're doing yeah that has made me think about it a lot honestly so starting off i feel like again like you were saying we aren't meant to work jobs that really don't make us feel like we're truly living up to our fullest potential and often when we have jobs that don't fulfill that longingness with inside we then turn to other substances Mm -hmm. and we have like addictions and we come become codependent on items and people and things because an aspect of us isn't resonating and so we look externally for things and for me I recently got a coffee shop job and I really thought it was going to resonate, but then I was just like, you have to tune into your body when really thinking if something resonates and is good for your soul. Of course, there was a reason why I was put in that situation and I learned a lot about myself, but you have to realize and really tune into the body and see if you feel tired afterwards and feel if you feel fatigued or you just are extending yourself too much externally and you need to go back inwards. And as a society, we always feel the pressure to have a job no matter what, but it is crucial. Like if you look around in the natural world and you look at fall and winter, nature needs to retreat back inwards to have that full bloom in the spring. And as humans, even during the winter, we feel the need to continue working, even though it's cold out and your body wants to sleep. And notice like on days when it's cloudy out and it's rainy out, your body wants to sleep. And it's honestly for a reason, because that is a time where you just need to sit with yourself and sit with your body and integrate everything that you've learned within the past week or the past day. And so as a society, we always feel the pressure to have a job, but I really think it's beneficial to literally take like a week off or a month off or maybe a year off from doing work Mm -hmm. and just really integrate everything. And also during COVID, for example, like so many people were forced to go home and just sit with themselves. And that's why so many people have changed their job and have wanted to work more remotely because they actually understand themselves and they understand what lights their soul on fire. And it's really important to always follow that. But what else were we talking about? Um, Branching off of that, I think um, Hannah was the one who was talking about you had to follow passion. I think about that Mm -hmm. a lot, like passion, passion, passion. If you don't know what you're doing in life and something causes you a spark of enjoyment in life that's passion and you are to follow that to find out what your dharma is and what your yeah I think there's a balance between thinking that we have a purpose in this life and realizing that there's no purpose but you can create the purpose that you want Mm -hmm. and um so realizing that yeah there are things that set your soul on fire and you're definitely meant to do that but don't make that your number one thing some kids growing up saying they want to become a firefighter and the only reason they want to become a firefighter or an astronaut is because they see somebody cool doing it, but then they get to it and they're like, this isn't really that cool. Like, Yeah, that's how I was with the coffee shop. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And I remember um, I have a, I think you saw it when you spent the night here. I have a board up in my loft that shows me freshman year what I wanted to do within the next like 48 years, 428, not 48, 428. Um, And 
what I wanted to do was I wanted to go to a college that was a couple hours away and I wanted to get a degree on interior design and architecture. And then I took a class that was similar to that. And I was like, Oh, this is boring. Like there's not allowed a lot of creative freedom and I'd have to go to school for six years. And there's a lot of math, like art, your soul might get set on fire for something until you try it out. And you're like, Nope. And then you go on to the next thing that is going to pave your path, just like with your job. Mm -hmm. And Exactly. And then even what came up when you were um, saying what you were just speaking on, I watched another TikTok video. I feel like I gained so much knowledge from TikTok. And even though TikTok can be harmful sometimes and we scroll for hours and hours, I feel like I learned so many tidbits of just like ceilings of knowledge from there. And it was one of the guys we mutually like on TikTok where he's just super, super knowledgeable. We've talked about him before. I don't know what his handle is or anything, but he was sitting with this older guy and he was on an open podcast. Like they were both outside and they had microphones. And um, so the question was, do you know about societal spells or something like that? And I think I also sent you this TikTok so you can look at it after this episode. And the guy was just like, oh, yes. Do you want to talk about that? And he's like, mm-hmm. And he goes, so what ones do you want to talk about? And he goes, uh, what ones do you want to speak on? He's just like, I'll let you go first. What are two that you want to talk on? So he talked about the first one, which kind of controversial, but Christianity. Christianity Mm. is a spell. We are told to do things that was written by a man 2,000 years ago. And the Bible has changed so many times. Yeah. And we live by this and we kill over this and we eat certain things over this and we don't eat certain things over this. And people are condemned mm-hmm. and people are kicked out of homes and people are, you know, betrayed and denied freedoms because of this religion. And it is a spell. It's a spell yeah. because it's created so much chaos. And then the other spell is money. To think that money buys our happiness that is a huge spell and then the last spell that I'm just now thinking of is aging when you sing happy birthday you are saying that you are turning older so all these conditions that we have in society are basically creating our own suffering that we do blindly by what we're taught and one thing that society doesn't want us to do is to think outside the box that's why they kill people that think outside the box or they Mm -hmm. condemn them or they quiet them like I don't know if you heard but medicinal medicines like any kind of herbs, they're going to become illegal soon. They're trying to make them illegal. Mm, That's so fucked up. I know. Like, that means teas. Certain teas are going to be uh, illegal. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. Even sea moss is going to become illegal. And there's no reason for that to happen. They're going to, they're saying like, it's destroying something, some part of the sea, like where you get the sea moss. But like, are you shitting me? Like, you the big companies, big pharma, you're the one who wants to take those rights away from us of medicine that's from the earth. But then you want to put plastics and oil back into the ocean. Like that makes no sense. And to wake up to that and to wake up that nine to fives are BS and to wake up that the uh, American school system is literally shit. All these things, once you wake up to them, you cannot go back. Your consciousness yeah. expanded from there. Well, at the the Netflix documentary we were both watching Mm -hmm. what is it called with the psychedelics how to change your mind yeah and in that pot not why do I want to say podcast in that (laughs) documentary Mm -hmm. they were talking about how so many people were taking psychedelics and LSD and they were changing their brain like they were Mm -hmm. working through the trauma and these subconscious beliefs that society pushes on you to dim your light and push yourself down to fit in this box and so Mm -hmm. many people were taking it and just expressing themselves and then they ended up not wanting go 
to go to the war and they wanted to instead march and do art. And then the government saw this as people rebelling and not wanting to go to war for them and fight for the country and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it was so much bigger than that. People were finally feeling like they could express themselves. And then the government felt so threatened by this that they ended up putting a bad reputation on psychedelics and they ended up um, just hiding a lot of research that was done on LSD and things like that, like scientific Mm -hmm. research. They took it off the internet and they took it off um, magazines and news reports and instead they started giving it a bad representation that people were having manic episodes because of it and it was super unhealthy and then they ended up putting a band on it and I feel like people don't realize the government really does understand things but also people at the end of the day have the power and the mm-hmm. government has so its biggest fear is that the people end up realizing how much power that they really do truly have and then they think that everyone's going to end up stopping capitalism is crumbling that's what I'm trying to say and the government is terrified of people stepping outside of that box and actually starting to think for themselves Mm -hmm. and society projects this idea that if you change your um life's purpose or what is it called like your job so many times then that's not safe and you always have to have this financial safety net but at the end of the day the day the universe will always support you if you really are truly doing something that you love and it is totally okay if you change your job like 60 times as long as you're following your job your soul's purpose the universe will always reward you and express love and gratitude to you and abundance is a mindset and you really have to just tap into that and not let society ingrain this fear into you and like Christianity you were talking about I recently went through an experience with my very religious um and and I was expressing like my spiritual beliefs onto her and she had so much judgment about it but I really don't understand how people will preach their religion so much but at the core of every religion I think truly is the idea that love is the most important thing ever and people stray away from that and they ended up end up having judgment for people who don't believe the same religious beliefs that they believe Mm -hmm. but it just takes away from the main value of love yeah Mm -hmm. exactly I I don't really know if I have anything else to add to that but it is like you'll you'll see on like in Arabic um when my Arabic um, Muslim friends he he'll talk about certain terms in Arabic that all mean love and in the Quran it speaks about love in the Bible mm-hmm. it talks about love and the New Testament for Judaism it talks about love conquering and all and you know within every religion there exactly and but then when you say that like love is my religion they're like no that's you can't do that and it's just like yeah it's like they have they tell you that you have to worship something outside of you right and that's where we went wrong i remember that podcast episode that you sent me with Aubrey marcus and the two like dr perry and somebody else and they like dr perry was holding a infant that was just born in his hands that was dying mm-hmm. because the mother had a hemorrhage and she was also overdue overdosing on drugs yeah and he just was like sobbing and him realizing that um that love is like the main key but 
I'm kind of going off topic, but at the same time, I, I think I'm yeah, going you're to go good. off topic. Yeah, you're good. You're meant to, yeah. Um, in the ways that he said, hold on, let me try to collect my thoughts. He, he was saying that we, as a society, we have become very pro-life. Yes. And, mm-hmm. okay, when I say pro-life, take out the abortion pro-life that you're thinking like for people that are Mm -hmm. listening to hear like me and you know what we're talking about people Mm -hmm. that are listening it's not that kind of pro-life it's that we've become so pro-life that we will do anything and everything to go against the force of nature yeah we've become anti-death yeah exactly anti-death and I talked about this a couple of podcast episodes ago and it is more of a controversial thing but when you take medical medicine, um, prescription pills, like there's a whole thing in the 90s where, yeah, awesome, Prozac and Zoloft, you don't have depression anymore. But now they're saying that it's not working because it's not plant medicine. You're becoming so anti-death when everything has an expiration date for a reason to make it so much more beautiful. When somebody's meant to die, they're meant to mm-hmm. die. And you are denying their nature when you are completely changing their DNA, when you are um, radio addict, radio radioactively changing them to make them alive you're basically calling you're turning them into a zombie without calling them Mm -hmm. a zombie like there's something new and i know it's sad we don't want to lose people but when people are meant to die other cultures that are outside of society they allow people to die and it's so beautiful and a lot of those elders they die at like age 90 by natural causes not by cancers there's studies showing that people and um in South Africa, where they're in that South Africa, and de- not definitely not South Africa. That's a lot more city, I think. But certain places in Africa where there's more tribe and community there, cancer there is like a zero to one percent chance of that happening. When you go to tribes in South America, zero to one percent happening. When you go to all places outside of big cities, zero to one percent happening. When you go into the cityscape you see that there's like a 70, 50 to 70% chance of people getting cancer. And you wonder why, like, yeah, we are so pro, we're so anti-death and so pro-life that we've completely taken ourselves away from nature. And it's what Dr. Perry was also talking about is we are nature. And when Mm -hmm. you can see that we are nature, you will realize that we are supposed to go with the grain of that and not against because that's when earth retaliate that retaliate that's when mama earth says that's not okay yeah we we noticed that mother earth is shaking to the core right now because she's taking back her power there Mm -hmm. is huge animosity between countries between the nature in certain countries like people are dying all the time because of natural causes because we've taken power from mother earth that she has to swallow herself back up again if you know what i mean to retransform the seas the seas can't break down plastic unless a big hurricane can come so that i think it's in the specific not the specific the pacific ocean there is that landmine of um of plastics that's the size of texas mother earth cannot break that down without a hurricane so Mm. she's going to cause so much destruction so she can save herself because when it comes down Humans, we are her seedlings. We are here. She said, I allow you to come here and I allow you as microorganisms to grow into 
a tadpole and then to into an iguana and then into a lizard on earth and then turn into a dinosaur and then those die and then humans come and then mammals come and she allowed us to be here so we are taking power away from her and she's saying fuck you i'm going to survive because i'm here and i've been here for millennia Mm -hmm. but not i don't even know how long earth has been here but a long freaking time so when we can connect back to earth like ancestors of indigenous people speak on and certain places in ireland and all these beautiful communities of indigenous you know backgrounds when they say reconnect with nature to be cured of sicknesses we need to listen to them i was listening to a um a documentary on goop on netflix and Wim Hof was there, like, I think it was episode two. And he was talking about how he literally had E. coli injected into his veins. And he could, he kept himself from getting E. coli because of the breath work. And he doesn't get sick because of the breath work and because of the cold therapy that he does. Like, he doesn't get sick. And mm-hmm. we are told the exact opposite. Like, I know so many people in my life that are just suffering. And then when I share with them the way that I'm not sick and the way that I'm helping myself holistically. They laugh in my face and I'm like, I'm helping myself and you are just, you know, not willing and you're not willing to see. And I guess it's not their time, but it's so frustrating because of the society that we've grown up into and the way that people are so blind and so not willing to notice what we have done to ourselves. Yeah. And like you were saying before, we have to return back to nature because we truly are nature Mm -hmm. manifested in like physical form I feel like that also has something to do with it we are so connected to nature and if you look back to our ancestry and ancient civilizations they use nature as a tool and they worked hand in hand with it they never took so much of nature that they were taking advantage of it they only took the amount that they needed to heal themselves Mm -hmm. and like you were talking about with holistic medicine and then the more westernized medicine the thing with westernized medicine is they use it as a suppressant Mm -hmm. they never want to get to the root trauma the root cause of it and I listened to an Aubrey Marcus podcast that he did with a doctor a female doctor I don't know what her name was but she was saying that What they never do when you go to the doctor is they never ask you what your root trauma is because the body holds the trauma and then it manifests as physical injuries or illnesses like cancer or having back problems. And if you really trace back to your root trauma of maybe shame or guilt, it's going to help you release that. And holistic medicine gets to the root trauma and then it transmutes it and then it disappears because you're not holding on to it anymore your body released it and then you don't have to work through it and then mm-hmm. um who was the doctor who's doing the podcast with Aubrey I think I it was Dr. Perry yeah Dr. Perry he I listened to a podcast that he did and he was saying that a lot of cancer patients they go in to see him and they fear cancer but he has to remind them that cancer is their biggest teacher in their life this lifetime and mm-hmm. like we were saying before it society is so much anti-death that we want to suppress it and just like try to almost ignore it and then your body gets tired because it, sometimes your body just can't keep fighting it and it has to just 
be nature and embody nature and flesh it out the natural way with holistic medicine. And a lot of people have fear around these illnesses that they get because westernized medicine ingrains that fear in them. And then when they see pain arise and they see the trauma of the illness arise, they get so freaked out that they end up turning to suppressants and pills that will dim that so they don't have to face it. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I don't really have much to say to add to that. You kind of summed it all up, but yeah, it's. Do you want to loop back around to the abandonment stuff? Because I feel like that's where it all came from, this whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what else. Do do we want to add anything else to that? Or do you kind of just like want to see what the last thing, like the last drops of what we're supposed to say is? Hmm. Yeah, we can just see what else comes up. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And knowledge is power. Like, at the same time, knowledge isn't power. It depends. I watched this uh, this video, and it was like, knowledge is not power. And it was coming from this very, like, spiritual source. So I, I don't remember why they were saying knowledge is not power. But for certain aspects of this existence, knowledge is not power. And then for other, other instances, it is. Because knowledge to an egotistical sense of materialism, it's not power at all. But knowledge to a soul's purpose or a soul's duty or a soul's what we're here for, like, mm-hmm. like we look at ourselves, like once you really awake to things, you really can feel that you are a reincarnated soul in this body and you look at your body and you're like, what the heck, you know? And, like, I, I, like, wake up every morning, I'm like, oh, I'm in this body again. And maybe that might be, like, the anxiety that I'm still trying to work through. And not everybody feels that way. But a lot of people do. And Mm -hmm. to wake up to that and just be like, I'm here for a reason. And I'm not going to give up on that. I'm going to gain knowledge. And that's the funny thing is it's very contradicting knowledge is power because your ego connects to knowledge and holds on to knowledge. And that's where it gains things from it. And it's kind of knowledge isn't power at the same time because when you know nothing, you know everything. Mm-hmm. You know, Ram Dass talks about that all the time. When you can strip yourself completely of what everything you've been told, you are everything. But yeah. when you identify with everything around you, you are everything. But you want to strip the everythingness to become nothing because that's when you can rebirth yourself, re-become who you are trying to be and who you want to become to leave your legacy behind for this earth. There was one thing that around the fire or there's some type of meditation thing you can listen to that Ram Dass was speaking on, but he was saying that you have to get out of the mind and into the heart. And how do you get into the heart? You do that by tapping out of the mind or something along the lines of that. But he was saying yeah. that we constantly are in the logical thinking mind as humans, with straight, which strays us from tapping into the heart. And there's days where I feel like I have to constantly be reading books and I have to constantly be researching stuff because as a society, we always have to have factual evidence to 
um, back up something. But on a soul level and on a spiritual level, it is more about feeling and tapping into that feeling and that knowing rather than having physical proof that something exists. Mm. Yeah, I know the the TikTok you're talking about that Ram Dass speaks about and mm-hmm. yeah. 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 It's there's so many questions of this existence, but the main thing is to strip what we know and to start from fresh and to observe. It's like when you can strip everything, you can start as a child again. Like yeah. With the with the intensity of the agony and everything that happened this summer with me like not wanting to live at a certain point this summer because the anxiety was so tremendous where I'm just like I can't do this anymore or like waking up every day being scared to live I was just like oh I don't know how to do this but once I spiraled on from that I realized that that was a rebirth for me and even though that was not fun mm-hmm. at all and I don't ever want to do that again I now see things with childlike curiosity again when I yeah. touch the leaves, oh, it feels like watercolors are going to spin down my hand and I want to cry because the colors that paint those leaves and, you know, everything seems like a painting to me. Everything is art. When I touch a piece of glass, I'm like, oh, that's what glass feels like. Wow, that's so unique. Or the other day I ate a bite of organic vanilla ice cream and I could taste the richness of Madagascar vanilla, like just painting my tongue and the the cow that gave its milk to this ice cream that I could just taste and it just sat on my tongue and I just let it sit there for a minute I was like oh this is so nice like I can taste all the flavors and I can see the colors around me oh there's greens all over and now there's reds and yellows and oranges and and burnt like you know burgundy colors and this is amazing Mm -hmm. and a lot of the times we have to go through these things it's like the only way through is Like, you have to go through it to get out of it. There's no way of going around things. The more you go around things, the more things are going to build up. When you want to go out, you have to go through. And it can be intense, but the in hindsight, if I had this knowledge, it would have been a lot more calm. But I went through it to see new versions of myself and how I handle things. Yeah, that's beautiful. I was also thinking that every day you wake up, it's like a rebirth because I kind of visualize it as every night when you close your eyes, an aspect of you is dying from that day. Mm -hmm. And then when you wake up with the sun and you open your eyes for the first time, that's like a rebirth cycle. And like you were saying before, you really have to tap into that childlike innocence to see how beautiful the world is. And sometimes it can be hard to see how vastly beautiful everything is and how expansive things are and all the magical possibilities you have. But like you were saying, we have to work through specific things in our lives. And even though it can be super painful, you also have to acknowledge the beauty that is also within that pain because there were days when I was crying and I was also having like panic attacks and just feeling so miserable within my shadow work because I feel like for a long time I tapped way too much into it and so I just caused myself like reliving that trauma but it was horrible but I don't even know going off topic there I was thinking that those days where those painful tears were running down my face within those tears held so much beauty and love and 
it's really important to tap into the universe's love for you because you are the universe manifested in human form and your spirit guides and your ancestors are all within your DNA and with all within your energetic body. And you just have to remember to tune back into that love at the end of the day through the density because everything around you is happening for a reason and it's for your soul's growth. So just remember to tap into the universe's love and beautiful expression of you and tune into that childlike innocence again because it's important to remember that otherwise it's really easy to be sucked into I guess depression and deep sadness that isn't yours and sometimes it's someone else's like societies yeah Mm. again you said it perfectly I don't have anything to add but all these are lessons and everybody has lessons for us. And yeah, exactly. When we go to bed and we wake up, it's a brand new start. It's like time is just a construct. And that's been so weird lately because it's like already the middle of October. And I feel like it just started and it's going to be Halloween in like 15 days. And the next thing we know, it's going to be November and then it's going to be Thanksgiving here in America. And then after that, we have Christmas, which a lot of us celebrate. And then after that, it's a new year. And it felt like it, it, it felt like just yesterday it was March. And that means it was only three yeah. months into the new year. And now it is the fall. And so things go by their own calendar. And I feel mm-hmm. like as humans, one of the things that we've caused our own suffering by is being condemned by time, by telling ourselves, oh, it's Monday. Because there's so much energy around Mondays. Most likely for somebody to have a heart attack is on Mondays at 9 a.m. because they're getting ready for work and they're miserable. And, you know, we can troll Fridays as, oh, yay, like we have the weekends. And then we celebrate for a weekend and we go back to a job we don't like. And we do that on repeat for 60 years. Then we have 10 years of freedom where we're just miserable because we wasted our whole life. And then finally we die and the studies are people on their deathbeds when they ask them is they wish that they did what they wanted to. And then you tell society that and they're just like, you're crazy. You can never fulfill your dreams. But it's like, look at these elders that wasted their life that wish that they could take it all back. And we don't listen to them. Mm -hmm. It's very important to like, I think also for me, what you were thinking, what you were talking about, about Mondays and feeling obligated to go to work like there are days when I'm like oh I hate my life because I have to go to work but it's also important to see the beautiful aspect of it too because there will be times when we have to do things that we really truly hate and there will be days when you're like you have to get something done that you really don't want to get done but you kind of have to get it done And you just have to remember to take everything, don't take things as serious as they are. Take Mm -hmm. it as a fun opportunity to experience it. And um, a lot of the times we have like this anxiety based off of previous things and situations we've gone through, but kind of remember to drop it. Just like your ego's holding on to it. And once you realize that you have full power over your ego and the ego is not in control like you think it is, you can drop out of that and just remember that nothing's that serious. Like we're on a floating rock and you get the opportunity to 
be a human. Like that is such a random, crazy opportunity you get in the vastness of the cosmos of all the different possibilities you could have lived. You're living in this one life. You're living in this opportunity at this one sacred moment and just take it as a beautiful lesson and a beautiful opportunity. Right. And that going along with that, it's like, think of the best thing that can happen instead Mm -hmm. of the worst. And also instead of judging you or others, look at whatever's happening with curiosity. So what I'm thinking about is like, when you said all that, I I was reminded that crap, I have to get my wisdom teeth out in like five months. And that makes me want to shit my pants every time I think about it, because (laughs) I don't like needles. I don't like knowing where I'm going, but I'm preparing myself and I'm going into it with curiosity. Like I really don't like veins, but Every day, whenever I think about it, I touch and I push on my veins on my inner arm and on my wrist because I'm like, some part of my arm is going to be punctured to have a fluid go through my body for me to then be knocked out, for me to then wake up and become something new. Because even when I get knocked out, then I'm going to be waking up as something and as this individual, something new, because I went through one of my biggest, biggest fears and I'm walking out of that with curiosity as well as wow I went through that and also knowing that whatever anybody in the audience right now has to do that you really don't want to do just as Luca was speaking on there's a version of you that exists that got through exactly what you think you can't get through Mm -hmm. so a few weeks ago this is kind of TMI but at the same time I'm not TMI at all I was so constipated and I was sitting on the toilet at a friend's house and something like clicked in like my uterus and I was like oh my god I'm dying like my full <laughs> burst and I was like started having a panic attack and I couldn't poop still I was constipated so I was rocking back and forth like wanting to cry like I was in hurdle mode and I went out with my friend and I'm like we might have to go to the ER my friend's like like calm down like we're gonna be fine and so eventually I like went into child's pose and I kind of just laid there far for a while and then eventually I had to poop and I was like wow I feel so much better but what I did before then is I imagined the version of me that pooped and then I did and it was magical. <laughs> there's, there's a cheat code for everything is, you know, even the most mundane things that you're scared to do, whether it's pick up a spider and put it outside. Imagine there's only a version of you that picked up that spider and put it yeah. outside mm-hmm. and nothing happened. You know, you survived and you feel better that you didn't kill nature, but you let it out back into its habitat. That is honestly such a good way to look at it is to realizing how many infinite versions of you there it there is that exist. And mm-hmm. then going back to the wisdom teeth thing, I was just talking about Hana about this, but mm-hmm. um when you go through your wisdom teeth removal, you have to remember how like infinitely special you are. So tap into that in-between phase. Cause when you're on anesthesia, um you get to embody the specific energy that you can't embody when you're sober, if that makes sense. Like you have the opportunity to tap into different energies at that time. And when I was getting my wisdom teeth removal, I tapped into that and I asked my spirit guides to be with me. And as I was drifting to sleep, I saw sacred geometry on the ceiling. So you have to also remember there's a polarity to everything. With every bad situation, there's a lot of power and magic Mm -hmm. that can come with it and so with getting your removal just think about like how much power you hold and kind of take advantage of that situation 
Yeah. It yeah, it's again, it's like going back to accepting what's going to happen instead of going against it because when you go against it, nothing's like you still got to go through it and yeah. Like you said there's polarities of there is good that's going to come from that and I know Hana was even saying like there's no way that you can prepare yourself for your biggest fears. You got to step into it and she got through it and right now like she's in this big state of abundance right after getting her wisdom teeth out and mm. stepping through that fear. It was like a portal for her and yeah. I think that how, that's how it is for a lot of us. It's telling your ego like I know that you're trying to protect me out of this fear but you know, I I've got to get through it and I'm going to be okay and I'm going to step to the other side of this. And exactly. You know, if you can accept it, it feels a lot better than being forced to accept it. Exactly. Don't cause yourself um, unnecessary overthinking and unnecessary anxiety because you have to just go with the current of the river and there's no point of wasting very powerful energy. Just use it to your advantage and just like flow with whatever is coming your way like ebb and flow there's different polarities to things and yeah just think of the future version of you who made it outside of that and also quantum jumping I do that a lot but a lot of people think there's a lot of energy you have to put into quantum jumping to act and then you quantum Mm -hmm. jump like I could right now snap my fingers and I could be in a whole different timeline you kind of have to also hypnotize yourself into thinking different things yeah that's a good point I need to do that and like quantum jump on it like find that version of me that's not scared of needles and Mm -hmm. that's not scared of being knocked out but you know even when I am knocked out it's not like I'm completely out of control my body is but my soul and my consciousness and my higher self does have control exactly like yeah like we chose whatever happens in this lifetime too I truly believe that our soul chose what's going to happen for an exact reason even if it's just the most little thing like taking a detour to work like I remember my holistic doctor telling me how she was uh she went to a holistic retreat and um it was like a four hour away thing and you know when you travel for like more than one or two hours you notice when the same cars are around you on the same highway for a period of time and so she noticed after a while that she accidentally took the wrong detour which took her two hours out of the way but she got back on track and two hours into driving um back home those two cars that were around her were in a car crash and both those people I think passed away but if she didn't take that detour she would have been dead and she just had a newborn. So like that wouldn't have been good at all. I mean, nobody deserves to, you know, die, but we all do die. And that happened for her because she wasn't meant to pass away. She wasn't meant to die yet. And she took that detour because her higher self, you know, she didn't even notice she took that detour, but she did. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, we do all these things for a reason. Every single little thing happens to show us a new version of ourselves and to apply curiosity instead of judgment yeah and with your wisdom teeth removal like I want to be there for that and I also feel like something magical is going to come out of it for you we are setting those intentions I'm very happy that you are willing to come here for that because 
Oh gosh. I'm like, I hope that you can drive me there and then take me back home. <laughs> I mean, to... we, we're both 18, so we should be able to do that. Right. Our paperwork. But I know I'm excited because another thing that Hana was telling me about her wisdom teeth removal. I also, I hope Hana listens to this because she's like the star of this episode today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just send it to her and be like, we talked a lot about you. Um, but she was also saying how she needed somebody there to show her that it's okay to feel what she's feeling because she had to wait in a waiting room for, I think, like 40 minutes because somebody had an incident. Um, and so she was so nerve wracked where she literally just had to tell her spirit guides, like, take me out, like, just mm-hmm. knock me out. So the time they came in, she was already like knocked out and ready to go. And she also had a receipt to a baby like she was sobbing uncontrollably and even when she got out she was happy and then she would sob and then she would be happy and then she would sob and like you know I I thinking about that I was just like who would I feel the most comfortable with like allowing myself to sob around and then having somebody to tell me exactly what I need to hear and so I thought of you so I was just like oh that's when I asked but like with anybody who's going to go through any kind of procedure or facing your fears, make sure there's somebody around that is willing to hold you mm-hmm. and your higher or your inner child to the deepest capacity of a warm, blanketed love yeah. and allowing yourself to proceed into any form that you need to, to survive in that moment. Yeah. And like we were saying at the beginning of this podcast, don't be scared to ask for help from others. Even if that person can't fully understand you at, like, your depths, you're still planting a seed for them, and there's a reason for them to hold space for you at that time. And what was I saying before? I actually did record a podcast with Hana that I'm going to put out in a few days, Mm -hmm. and we went into depth about her wisdom teeth removal and (sighs) all the crazy stuff she saw and the metaphysical aspect of anesthesia and things like that wow. but yeah it was super interesting and super powerful and I don't know there's I feel like anesthesia is kind of like a psychedelic so you can feel different energies on it and you can experience different things on it and I know when I had my ACL and ankle surgery both times mm-hmm. when I was coming out of anesthesia I felt so much overwhelming love Aww. and Like plant medicine, everything is a mirror when you're on it. And kind of like anesthesia, I felt like it was the same thing. So whatever emotion you're feeling, whether it's like deep sadness, deep sadness is coming up for you, you're going to embody it and you might cry a lot. Or after coming out of it, you might feel deep love and then you're just going to reflect love to everyone you see. So it's very interesting how things like that can become a mirror for you. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited to hear that podcast. I'm really excited. I loved what she had to share. And I remember her watching that video that she sent and she was like, she felt like a lizard. And I'm like, oh, that would be so much fun. And I mm-hmm. love the way you said like um, anesthesia can also be, because any kind of thing that ma- like knocks you out is a form of um, medicine in the way yeah. of whenever you dream, you're going back into your subconscious and being forced to dream rather than naturally dream, you're being showed what needs to be brought up in that exact moment. And so that's definitely another comfort of knowing that I can set the intentions that when I get knocked out to feel an immense amount of love and to ask my spirit guides and my garden angels and my higher self to heal me Mm -hmm. why I am knocked out and to then, you know, 
hold me like a child when I wake up and then to guide me through love within that week that I'll be recovering. Exactly. And I feel like when I come and I help you with that, I know I'm going to just reflect so much love and like, um, just be that loving support for you. So I know that that is definitely going to be a main theme of that experience. Yes. Oh yes. That's why I'm so excited. Well, I'm not, well, I'm going to actually, I'm going to speak into existence. I am excited. I'm excited for you to be here. I'm excited for the journey. I'm excited for, you know, what's to come out of there, what I'm supposed to learn for myself on that. And yeah, but I think this episode or the thing is going to end soon because I don't think that we can go over a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, but I love you and I thank you for joining me on here and we'll have to do one on yours. So yes. anybody that's, you know, made it this far into the episode, go check out Sacred Jellyfish. That is Luca's. And your what is your Instagram handle? Um, my Instagram handle is Luca underscore love underscore 44. There you go. And um, I'm also starting up a Patreon, which is a paid membership for me and you to do more one-on-one coaching. If you are wanting to do that, if you're wanting to learn more about me, if you're wanting to learn more about yourself, you know, we're helping each other out on that and to just like help you see love within more things. I love that. It is $4 a month. And yeah, and then my Instagram is howlyloves.you. So if you're interested in the Patreon, it's linked through there or I have more resources in my Instagram bio and my other Instagram is oneconscious.love underneath this podcast. But I thank you all for being here and I'm eternally grateful. So I'll talk to you guys later and I'll talk to you later, Luca. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello. Hello. Okay, it's working. All right. Just, oh, my God. It already started recording. Yeah, you can just edit this out at the oh. end. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my you get some more. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, did you hear that? No, what was that? Okay, good. I'm glad you couldn't hear it because I don't want to. I want to make sure you can't hear outdoor noises. Okay, good. Can you hear any background noises here? No, we're good. All right, good. That's a really good connection. Damn. I know. Okay, so how do you want to start off? Um, I'll say my normal intro, and then I'll say the first guest of season two is Luca, and then you can introduce yourself however you want. Um. Can't wait, can you introduce me? Because I feel like I don't know how to introduce myself. You can say <laughs> like Luca and then just say whatever title you want to give me, like um artist or like um I don't know, just like random things. And then I'll be like hi, and then we can just jump in. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. All right. Oh, people just showed up and they're gonna be calling my name. Oh my god. Wait. Okay. My mom just backed up to, like, my bedroom window because she's got a bunch of stuff from Costco. Oh, farts. Oh, farts. <laughs> um, what can we do? Will she understand if you say, hey, I'm going to do a podcast and then, like, go back yeah. to your room? Okay, yeah, you no, can. No, yeah, go run. Yeah. Okay, we want to redo this, or we just want to, do you want me to just edit this out? You can just edit this out. Okay. Alrighty. 
Hello, lovely people. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening wherever you are in space and time. I hope that things are going well. And I hope that, you know, you're seeing the magic of existence. And if things aren't going that well for you, just know that it will pass. Oh, my God. Do you hear the background noise? Not really. Um, Kind of. Yeah, they're right next to the window and they're like shouting at each other. <laughs> oh my lordy. <laughs> um, I might just explode right now. Oh, there's a dragonfly. Aw. That's dragonfly. a sign. It is. We just need to wait a few minutes. It's right now I'm drinking mango nectar. Concentrate. Oh, not in my pants. I want that so bad. It's pretty good, but it smells like tomatoes. Oh, really? Yeah, it smells like baby poop. Oh, I don't know what kind of mango nectar you got. <laughs> mango nectar by Jumek. Is that the dollar store brand? Oh, I don't think so. I didn't get it at the dollar store. Hopefully not. Like what? $15 for this, so. $15 for how much? 12 ounces? Oh, 12, 12 cans cards of it? Yeah. 12 ounces. <laughs> Alright, that might be fair. What, how many ounces are in each thing? Um, It says 11.3 fluid ounces. 11 times 12, that's 122. That might be worth it. Yeah. We'll see. Dang, like... you can do math that quick. I can't even... <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I kind of can't. I just memorized my memorized my elevens. Oh no wonder it tastes like poop. It says shake gently before opening, and your girl did not shake it. Oh, probably concentrated on the bottom. Probably. Hey, mm. I'm just... So, so I watched that documentary. They're almost done. 